From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour as we launch our 24th year on the air and appreciate everybody who has helped us along the way. Uh, Bishop Wiegand started the program with the help of uh, the late Father Sylvester McDermott and our good friend uh, Monsignor James Murphy, who had a lot of background in, in journalism and uh, communications. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful start. And then, of course, Doug Sherman and Immaculate Heart Radio uh, offering a, an hour a, a day for the Bishop's Hour here in the Diocese of Sacramento. And along the way, a lot of great underwriters uh, helped us to fund the program and a lot of great guests, so many so many great guests over the years. I just can't, can't count them all and uh, really appreciate you, especially the listeners, for all you have uh, uh, done. Uh, you're, you're the reason we have this show is the listeners. So thank you for tuning in, and uh, we hope that people, people know that uh, we, we do have a lot of guests on this program, and... Uh, Everybody, we, we want to hear from everybody. Uh, if something's happening in your parish, if something's happening in your neighborhood, in your school, uh, if somebody's doing the Lord's work out there, or maybe you have a great parish ministry or a parish workshop coming up, uh, parish, uh, any, any uh, you know, a parish mission, anything that's happening in your area of the world, we want to hear about it and uh, uh, get you on the air or get somebody else on the air or at least a uh, publicize your event if you're having a parish festival etc uh some some parishes have ministries that are unique to them and uh sometimes it's, it's great to spread the good word about what people are doing so if you go to scd.org the the diocesan website and uh, look up the bishop's radio hour and you'll find all the contact information for me and for our great producer gabe Sorensen and uh, our phone numbers and email address etc how to contact us uh, to let us know something that's going on in your world. So we, we'd love to, love to hear from you. Speaking of that, a lot of things happening as, as we move on into the fall here in the Diocese of Sacramento. The annual Red Mass, this is a wonderful, wonderful event. Red Mass is a traditional gathering of members of the legal profession and elected and appointed officials, appointed officials to invoke the aid of the Spirit of God in their deliberations for the year to come attorneys, judges, elected and appointed officials, and all those working in the legal system and, and or involved in the process of government in the five-county Sacramento region are invited to attend the Mass. Actually, everyone's invited. That will be Wednesday, November 2nd at 5.15 p.m. at the Cathedral of Blessed Sacrament. Uh, Bishop Soto will be the uh, principal celebrant, and then the uh, afterwards, there is a dinner, uh, separate from the Mass, but uh, sort of in conjunction with the Mass. Um, there will be a dinner at the Sutter Club, which is just down the street at 1229th Street, or kind of across the, the street from the state capitol, really, uh, where they, uh, they present the 15th Annual Bench and Bar Award to uh, the St. Thomas More Award uh, to the Honorable Stephen M. Basha, who is a retired Yolo Superior Court judge, still very active, though, and uh, comes and is, is a, a visiting judge uh, when, when uh, his services are needed. Uh, a great man who's done a lot of great work in the legal profession and outside the legal profession. So should be a great evening. For more information or to get a ticket to the dinner, the, the, you don't need a ticket for the Red Mass, but uh, you do need a ticket for the dinner, go to scd.org backslash Red Mass. And again, that is uh, Wednesday, November 2nd, Holy Mass at 5.15 p.m., the dinner following probably around uh, 6.30 or so at the uh, nearby Sutter Club. Well, we have some ordination uh, anniversaries that we... Uh, didn't get to in September, so we're going to be sure that everybody has heard of these. We, we love to honor people on their ordinations. Uh, these are priests, uh, Father Cristobal Imelfort Diaz, uh, 2019, Reverend Bit Ching, Abraham Chin, uh, 1990, Father Lawrence Beck, 1988, Father Mario Lopez, uh, 1976, Father Gregory Liu, 2020, and Father Ashok Stephen 
2020 and a, a deacon uh, ordination, uh, Deacon Carl Kube, uh, September 14th of 1991. The... Uh, Good folks at St. Mel's Parish, they're always doing something. Uh, they are bringing in a great speaker for their ninth annual Men's Day of Faith Renewal. It'll be Saturday, November 5th at St. Mel's. That's on Pennsylvania Avenue in Fair Oaks. Uh, the, it's a, a Saturday. The schedule is the Holy Rosary at 8 a.m. What a great way to start the day. Followed by Holy Mass at 8.30 a.m., Continental Breakfast, Inspirational Talks by... Carlo Broussard uh, was coming in from Louisiana uh, with a great opportunity for questions and answers, a great catered lunch, uh, confession opportunities in the afternoon. The the whole event concludes uh, right around 3.45 p.m. You can go to smpcevents.org to sign up for this, or you can give them a call, uh, 916-612-612. 0479 and it all takes place on Saturday November 5th but on the evening before at St. Mel's the whole family is invited uh, and uh, Carla will be speaking about family issues as well and uh, it is free that's a free event the the Saturday event is $40 but there are uh, nobody will be turned away uh, for financial reasons but on uh, Friday night there will be a free ice cream from Leatherby's Creamery, and uh, a a great presentation for families. Carla Broussard is from uh, southern Louisiana. He's uh, from Catholic Answers, of course. A lot of people know him from there. Left a promising musical career to devote himself full-time to the work of Catholic apologetics. Carla is one of the most dynamic and gifted Catholic speakers on the circuit today, communicating with precision of thought, a genuine love for God, and an enthusiasm that inspires uh, his topic uh, on Saturday, uh, the 5th of November, will be the four levels of manhood. Based on Father Robert Spitzer's articulation of the four levels of happiness, Carlo explains how there are four levels of manhood and provides a plan that challenges men to not settle for the lower levels, but to, uh, you know, material stuff, ego, satisfaction, etc., but to strive for the highest levels of sacrificial love in service of others and union with God. Again, starting at 8 a.m. and running till 3.45 p.m. on Saturday, November 5th. The Family Faith Renewal Friday, November 4th, is from 7 to 9 p.m. with the uh, with the free ice cream. Uh, again, call 916-612-0479 to uh, sign up. There will also be a uh, men's march to save the unborn on, to, uh, on the Capitol grounds, uh, the state Capitol grounds, not the federal, uh, Saturday, October 22nd, so a week from Saturday, at 1 p.m. Uh, at the state Capitol and meet at the, the Hyatt Hotel Starbucks, uh, which is at 1209 L Street, and then walk 1.2 miles around the Capitol. You're welcome to bring signs. Uh, you can contact uh, Michelle Jacqueline for more information, 916-406-7003. Uh, and that's uh, uh, Saturday, the 22nd of October. Also, the uh, um, and that, that's sponsored by uh, the Knights of Columbus as, as well. Also, uh, the uh, first... Stained Glass Concert in a while, presented by the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra, will take place on Saturday, the 22nd of October. That's a a busy day at 8 p.m. in the evening at Fremont Presbyterian Church, which is at 5770 Carlson Drive in Sacramento. Mass in Time of War from Franz Joseph Hayden. And then the West Coast premiere of Eternal Light uh, from the English composer Howard Goodell. Some great soloists, and if you've never heard Dr. Ryan Enright uh, play the organ, this would be a great chance to uh, take in that wonderful uh, uh, performance. Uh, you can buy tickets at sacramentochoral.org. It's uh, as the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra begins their 27th season this fall. 
also, uh, and just circle the date on this, and you can, I don't know if you can get tickets for it yet, but circle the date. This is always great family fun. It's also a great chance to sing along with your kids, have some fun, have some, uh, uh, you know, and they're not, they're not uh, uh, afraid to have, sing all the, the traditional Christmas hymns, uh, uh, the religious Christmas hymns, if you will, the ones that are what Christmas is all about. Uh, the Home for the Holidays concert, December 10th at 2 p.m. It's just one one uh, performance. They used to they used to do two. They would do a matinee and they would do an evening. And this year they're just going to do the matinee at 2 o'clock, and that's at the Sacramento Memorial Auditorium, the historic uh, building which has been so beautifully restored. Again, that will be uh, December 10th, 2 p.m., Home for the Holidays at the Memorial Auditorium. And tickets, again, available at sacramentocoral.com. Dot org. Also, the uh, um, Memorial Mass for the Unborn with Bishop Soto. And you guessed the date, Saturday, November 5th. A very busy day here. A lot going on. And, of course, that's the day that the uh, uh, Sacramento Life Center has their big dinner. Um, so a, a lot going on. Uh, this will take place at 9 a.m., so plenty of time to get there in the morning and, and still uh, do other events that day at St. Mary's Cemetery and Funeral Center in the chapel, 6509 Fruit Ridge Road. It's hosted by the Office of the Family and Faith Formation and Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services here for the Diocese of Sacramento. Uh, for more information, you can go to scd.org backslash mass for unborn or give a... a Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services, a call at 916-452-4831. The Exodus Project, uh, which is helping, helping it's, it's a new initiative in the Diocese of Sacramento, is helping, helping people transition from jail, from prison, back into society, it's just a wonderful, wonderful project and uh, is, is going to bear great fruit, relatively new here uh, and about three, four years old now. It's uh, sponsored by the Diocese of Sacramento in conjunction with the uh, uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society. They are having a, a dinner fundraiser. It's a bridge of support and compassion during the tenuous transition from incarceration back into the community. They provide mentoring, housing, employment, counseling, many other resources. Their dinner is going to take place October 22nd, 5.30 p.m. at Sacred Heart Parish, 1040 39th Street, right here in uh, Sacramento. For more information, give them a call for uh, 916-669-0674. Or uh, you can uh, send them an email, exodus at svdp-sacramento.org. And it should be a, a great dinner and a great uh, great chance to uh, meet the people in, uh, that are helping with the uh, Exodus Project. And uh, again, it's, it's going to bear, it, it is bearing great fruit, but it's, it's uh, when you look at the long term, uh, it is really really going to uh, pay great dividends here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Also, the uh, Dominican Friars, Solemn Novena, in honor of St. Jude Thaddeus, October 20th through the 28th. The Novena will take place in St. Dominic's Church in San Francisco, 2390 Bush Street in San Francisco, and they will have their pilgrimage walk on Saturday the 22nd. You're invited to join thousands of pilgrims Pilgrims led by Dominican friars through the streets of San Francisco. It's really quite a sight. Uh, it's, it's very inspirational. Um, again, the 22nd of October in San Francisco. You can uh, go to stjude-shrine.org or give them a call, 415-931-5919. And we mentioned it uh, uh, briefly. The uh, yes, the uh, Life Center will be hosting its annual dinner, its annual gala and auction. The Sacramento Life Center, 50 years. This is their 50th anniversary 
Uh, they, they, they jokingly say that the first dinner <laughs> was like a spaghetti feed in somebody's backyard. But uh, it w- it's grown and grown and grown. Uh, it shows you what a handful of people or even one person can do, have, have an idea and start things, and, and it goes from there. It's this started in 1972, 50 years ago, actually precedes Roe v. Wade, and they are just uh, you know helping mothers in need um, with anything they need. Again, it all takes place. Uh, uh, you can go to sacklife.com and learn, learn all about it, uh, every, everything. Uh, and then on December 1st, they'll be having their baby basket drive uh, to fill a basket of baby necessities. So for more information, contact, excuse me, it's not sacklife.com, it's sacklife.org. Um, for more information, contact Lourdes Ramirez. She is at 916-451-4357. Again, 916-451-4357. And you can learn all about all of the uh, uh, programs of uh, the Sacramento Life Center at saclife.org. It's really uh, pretty pretty remarkable stuff. So greatly uh, we, we wish them the best this is their big big fundraiser so um and there's still time to get tickets still times if, if you have maybe a a raffle prize or a, a you know a, a, an auction prize and maybe you've got a tahoe cabin you're willing to give up for a weekend or a week um those things always those always uh, raise good money with with the uh, auction well we are pleased to be joined by jane lee god's heart and hand ministry jane Good to be here. Thank you, Bob. Good to have you with us. You ready Thank to rock you. and roll? And yeah, that's right. It's so good to be in person. News. I'm still just thrilled that we can be in person. We just have to continually. In fact, I was listening to an inspirational talk this morning by a priest saying the way one of the ways that God considers most important is gratitude, is the exchange. He even talks about it in the in scripture. But it's just like I'm just so grateful we get to be in person still. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> the small joys. Yes. Well, joy is joy. Small or large, or uh, sometimes small joys um, are as meaningful as large joys. They are, and you, somehow you know. that's one of the things that's come out of all this difficulty. Wouldn't you say? Is we I recognize the smaller sweetnesses. Yeah, because we lost all that. We lost even the smallest. Well, yeah, in a it's, while. it's 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 uh, you know it's uh, y- 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 well in some ways I've I've heard p- people say, oh, it's like being in prison. Well. It, Probably wasn't really like being in prison, but it was, you know, having to isolate if you got sick, or, mm-hmm. or maybe you had a family member that was sick, and sort of everybody's isolating, and uh, right, you know, and then and then, you know, you know, one kid's looking at the other, don't give it to me, you know, and <laughs> and there's you know there's that sense that, that somebody gave it to somebody, and you're like, no, they didn't, they got it from somebody else, True. you know, I mean, it's like it's. It, it's like with the flu or a cold or anything right. else. You know, you when you are sick, you try to be. Res- I mean, because a cold is is contagious. The flu is contagious. There are lots of right. things that are contagious, and the I think our responsibility is is always as to be mindful of other people. And if you're sick, stay away from them. To be be cautious. Right. Be be careful. And it's it's bad enough to be sick to not feel well. Right. And but then to have to kind of isolate and stay away from people. And, and we've always done that. Well, you, you know, know I mean, I was reading this intended. poll the other day and it said, uh, hey, if you had tickets to the World Series and you wake up with a <laughs> sore throat, would would you just kind <clears> of <throat> keep it to yourself and go to the World Series? Or And like 50 percent responded, I probably just keep it to myself and go wow. to the World Series, you know, and it's yeah. Or. Some people, most employers have been very generous mm-hmm. about it. Um, I, I even know some, some like fast food kind of places where uh, generally their employees, you know, they don't they don't get sick leave. They right. don't get vacation. They, you mm-hmm. know, if you get sick, you just don't get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the people who need the paycheck most, right? And uh, uh, most, you know, full time jobs. People have sick leave, mm-hmm. not maybe the best. Some some it's very good, some it's very. But I know of some fast food outlets that, by golly, they they their some of their employees got sick, 
And, it, you know, it's costing them money. They're closing right. early. They don't have as many customers as they normally do. Uh-huh. And yet they called those employees that got sick and said, don't worry, we're going to give you sick leave. Wow. Yeah, I've just brought tears to my eyes. Wow. Is that not the heart of God Because one of our children action? was one of those that got was working there you right know, and 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 uh not that she got sick but but, right. but just knew about it and and just uh, we're stunned we talk were stunned. about love and nobody action. was was saying hey you know i'm not gonna you know, it was just right. like we're gonna do this that's love in action that's god's yeah. love in action yeah and where you, you actually think okay tough times but uh it's tougher on the people that aren't coming to work and not getting a paycheck and the other thing is, is with, with all that is you need that paycheck to pay your rent. And, you know, you wake right. up with a cough or something. You think, oh, I'm not going to take the test. I don't even want to. I don't even want to know because right. you know, I, I need to work. Right. It's a it's a real damned if you do, damned if you don't kind yes. of situation, you know. Yes. And, and obviously the, the right thing to do is to stay home and be sick, you know. And, right. And, but. But you, you can really recognize that it's really hard on people. Right. Um, yes, it is. It is. And how much just that example of the fast food restaurant restaurant is love of God in action. Yeah. And in the small town that I live in and on social media, they put up, okay, those of you that are getting out, go to the grocery store. What what can you get for someone that is that is elderly yeah. and very much at risk, as always during any flu season? Exactly. And, okay, I have this. I can get you this. I can leave it on your porch so there's no contact. <clears throat> so the community really came together in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And that's one of the other things that I think we're really called to. Because as a, and learning how we talk about what we carry forward. When my son was in NICU 30 years ago, I never forgot when I was leaving after a week, and the nurses said to me, the one place you do not take him is the grocery store oh. because everyone goes there when they're sick. They have to eat. Yep. So it's one of those things we carry forward that it is everywhere, but we have to trust and we have to have faith. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it is interesting. All the all the places, you know, gyms and uh-huh. all these places where people gather got shut down. I mean, just you right. have to close. Sorry. Right. You know, and, and you had to jump through a lot of hoops to maybe get some compensation mm-hmm. uh, my feeling was that that the and, and it's in the it's in the constitution and in the fifth amendment but people think of the fifth amendment as just uh, the right to not incriminate yourself uh-huh. but there's another part of the fifth amendment uh, to the u.s constitution that says the government has the right to take in the public interest like mm-hmm. like you know, they want to build a freeway, and eminent your house domain. is right yes. in the domain. You got it. You went to law school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. And, uh-huh. and, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and they can take it in the. They have to show that the the public interest right is, prove it. And, yes, and they have to give you just compensation. They can't yes. just take it. Yes, you know. And so, the the notion that okay, you you have a a donut shop. And we're sorry, you know, we're just going to close you down. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't have customers coming in here and out and right. you're cooking food and people are putting it in their mouth. And, and so we're just going to shut you down. My feeling is, is when whoever the county health or whatever showed up, they should have had a checkbook with them. True. And said, what's your, you know, what's your gross or what's your right. whatever. And we're shutting you for two months. Here's a check. Just right now. No questions asked. Right. And, and then people feel, okay. You know, long-term economically for the state, that's a very good decision because, because that small business stays open then. I mean, I'm sorry, long-term they can stay open. How many yeah. small, how many businesses had to shut down and, completely and go out of business? And their employees right. are just without a job. Right, and, which you know, and, and yet cripples the economy the grocery eventually. grocery stores, as you point out, stayed open. Yeah, there were right. restrictions. You had to wear masks. You had to and we were all that. very careful and, and sanitizing. You know, and but, yes. but they stayed open. And I, I remember saying to my wife, probably the A number one place where COVID got spread was in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Like you say, everybody had, everybody right. needs groceries. Right. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and if you've got 200 people in a grocery store at any one time, Odds, especially back then, odds were that probably 10 of them had it. Mm-hmm. And probably half of those didn't know they had it. Right. <laughs> you know? And right. so I'm, I'm going guilt-free to the grocery store and spreading it mm-hmm. without, without knowing. And so 
and, and I think when the people that did get shut down felt very put upon, like, how come they get to there do There was this a lot of that. I don't get to it do It was this. definitely a crisis for people, that, for those that had to make the decisions. And going through it, we, you know, we look back, you know, what do they say? Hindsight's 2020. It's very easy for us to say. But thinking moving forward, if it comes up again, we really do have to think because we are still trying to recover from the economic um, uh, a backlash, if you will, for the businesses that went out that ceased to be, yeah. for all those paychecks that didn't happen, all that money that did not keep moving into the economy, which eventually goes into the state coffers to provide everything the state does from asphalt on the roads to social services. Yeah. To keep the to keep people moving, keep them to keep them working, and so I hope they make different decisions looking forward. Like it's an investment in the state long term for them, like you said, to show up at the donut shop with a checkbook saying, "We're gonna we're gonna get you through." Yeah, that we need party. you to close. Yes, and there's good reason for that. Right, but we're gonna compensate you. So, right, so that you're you're not the one bearing the burden for the rest of society. Right. Um, you know, many, many people continue to get paychecks. They weren't in retail. They weren't in, mm-hmm. you know, service industry. They were just, uh, you know, working for the state or, mm-hmm. you know, working for the government, uh, working at the university. Yes. Um, and or, you know, maybe they were people who could work at home. Yes, yes. And the people I know that were most concerned, that were, they knew their health was compromised, um, they stayed home. They made that choice. They found a way to remove themselves completely, as they always had done during the peak of the flu season. That was yeah. no different. They took care of themselves. And so those people that felt, you know, I have a strong immune system. I've, I've recovered from different things. Um, or I've had it and recovered. I can move out into the world with great caution, but I then can regain and right. go to that donut shop. So there was that piece, too, that kept moving forward that we now don't know until we live through it, right? right? So much we have to experience is that people will make the choice on how much protection they need um, to move back into the donut shop and that sort right. of thing. And only the people that are comfortable going are going to go. Yeah. The, right? the, the, real, the real problem is it's, it's, a, it's a push-pull and it's hugely controversial, whether it's vaccination or, you know, mm-hmm. can you go out, can you not, not wear a mask, wear a mask, is that... The, you you may feel comfortable going back out, but you may still have it, and you could give it to somebody else. But can I not? I really quite, I really wonder too. With that, do I not also have a lot of other things too? Does every human body carry a lot of other viruses? Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, that I'm saying if 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 you have this particular virus, mm-hmm. um, it's more it's it to me it's always more than an individual choice mm-hmm. because. Okay, I'm sick. I've got it. I know I've got it, but I want to go to the ball game. Well, that they've well, got that, symptoms. It's more than if my you've got it, you've in, got individual symptoms. choice, right? Um, I because now I'm going to spread it to somebody else, right? But then that's the that's the symptom piece. We do know when you have something, you have the symptom. Like you're talking about the ball game, they're making the choice not to. How do we? How do, do, how do we know? Because so many we, people found. I mean, I, I had a friend who, and and it's anecdotal, but but. Everybody has these stories right. who um, had no symptoms at all, mm-hmm. and his his family had it, mm-hmm. and he finally got tested, and he had the antibodies. He, yeah, you had it, uh-huh. but he had no symptoms, so he was out doing whatever. He was but he had the, the antibodies, so his body was handling it. No, he had antibodies to it, which meant he had had the disease. Already? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But in other words... He could have been a spreader as well, but you don't have to have symptoms to spread. Oh, that's so that's so interesting because that's where the, the there's just such a discussion because I've heard doctors say if you have it, even the your body is going through the process, you will have symptoms as you go through it. Your your body has the antibodies to fight well, you, it, but you still so I on it. They may be. I went to law school. I didn't go to medical school. <laughs> they may be invisible <laughs> symptoms. In, invisible it, symptoms, it, well, meaning in other words, you're not aware of the symptoms. Got it. Okay, so is that why when we go around the elderly, we're just so cautious, and we always have been, right? So we could be have we could have something oh, like yeah. our kids get kind of crabby before they come down yeah. with something when there's no fever, there's no barfing right. yet, and all those things. Um, that so is, is that the kind of situation where we're spreading it without knowing it, but we're always are cautious anyway, depending upon in the bigger community that those that f- that know they're at risk take care of themselves yeah. and don't go out as much. You know, the elderly before didn't go to 
to those crowded scenes. Yeah, sure. You know, oh, sure. 10 years ago, Especially five years ago. Especially season. Right, right. So is that part of it, too, that anytime, anywhere, someone can be spreading something. Oh, And absolutely. we have to take care of ourselves. Otherwise, there would be no contagious diseases. That's right. Yeah. And I had, I had an aunt that used to wipe off everything from the grocery store. Every, this was decades ago because she just understand, you know, understood someone else yeah. can touch it. So she took care of herself well, there, and moved forward. There are forward. people we've known for years that are germaphobes or whatever they call them. Right. Howard Hughes was notorious for that. Right, right. And so in the bigger picture, I'm talking about God's heart and hands and how parents are the link between God and their children, that they are God's heart and hands on earth, is families are really maxed right now. And, and parents, with everything we've just talked about, we're st- it's still a very much, we're never lacking for anything to talk about right now with anybody in the grocery store, the mechanic, you know, your neighbor, anything. But now we're adding, there's more to it to talk about. Our, Talking about the grocery store, the shelves are thinning, the prices are going up. We're like, wait, how did this jump so much so quickly? It's not a little rise. It's significant. price of gasoline in a two-week period very recently just went up. You know, it was going down for a while. Yes. Went up 98 cents a gallon in two weeks in California. Wow. And And that money's got to come from somewhere in people's uh, budgets. I was out of state um, a few weeks ago. And I'm seeing gas at three fifty-seven a gallon, mm-hmm. and 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 the people there are outraged. Seriously? Yeah, three fifty-seven a gallon. And I come home, and driving back from the airport, and I'm seeing six fifty-seven. You know. Well, I'm driving there to get gas and come on back. Yeah, I know. I mean, three dollar difference. And oh my people gosh! People say, "Well, it's California's tax." Well, California. The state tax in California is is high compared to other states. Yes. For whatever reasons. I mean, we have, I think, we have great roads. roads Yes. And and that's where that money's going. I mean, you can argue, well, maybe it's not being efficiently spent and all those other arguments. That's a bigger discussion, yes. But it's 54 cents a gallon, 53.9 cents a gallon. Mm -hmm. That doesn't explain a $2 gap between us. The average price. Why of, is it then? Have you did you find anything? Well, were you, able you to? know, there were refineries shut down for this reason and that reason, and you know, there wow. there are always reasons. Interesting. You know, so th- hailstorm in New Mexico. That you know. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so that for now, families or parents are now coping with with rising costs, grocery costs, fuel costs, and that's on top of of COVID. So there's a lot of anxiety that they're having to navigate. And as they as they come together as a family, they're they're finding themselves, I think, even more weary to try to guide their family. How do you? And their kids are facing a lot of stuff, as as children always do. But now with with the internet and with iPhones, the world is at their fingertips. Yeah, they they can find anything, uh, real or imagined, on that little box. And so, how p- part of the the work of being God's heart and hands is recognizing that as parents, you are the link between God and your children, right. above all, primary, and that really pretty much is it. Anything that goes on around us, we really have to pray and discern where's our peace. But our number one priority is our family, right? So it's no news. But how do we navigate this? How do we, and and the, it feels like the tides are rising. Got somebody who's like, with your children are. They're God's children, and basically you're running a daycare center, and you're the dire- you're the director of the daycare center. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's true. But you don't have a hired God, staff God has to help hired you. you to to, yes. to take care of to be the children. unpaid, very important yeah. position. No, I maintain that parenting is the hardest job on the planet. It is. And it, it is it, there's two parts to it. One, it's the hardest job, and well, there's about sixteen parts to it. But yes, it's the hardest job. Yes. There is no manual. A lot of people have tried to write the manual, and and it's not that they're all wrong, but every every situation is different. It's mm-hmm. really, every child is different. Really yes, really different. And then and then the other thing is that you, it, it, I mean, every family has. I mean, we, my wife and I had four kids in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people have kids 12 years apart right it's a different dynamic it's right. a, it's a different dynamic that one's not right or wrong or better or worse or th- but the, every every family has a different dynamic but i will say that not only is it the hardest job in the world it's also the most important job in the world yes because if i've i've said this for a long time and i'm not the only one saying it if you want to change the world 
it starts at home. Right. And how many times have you seen people that are kind of famous out there in the world, not famous like rock star, movie star, uh-huh. athlete, but, but famous for work that they're doing mm-hmm. to try to change the world, and they've got a kid in prison or a kid yes. that's got this going on because they spent all their time changing the world, right. which was good and admirable, but at the expense of their, their own children. You know, there's a, yes. there's a balance. You know, it's a it's a it's a really hard call um, because now society has given them such media um, slogans for so long and so much overt pressure that your real work, the credible work, is outside the home. Yeah. Which we both know, being there, we you just you affect six families, six neighborhoods, six classrooms, six sports teams at any one time, sure. and that's and the ripples go out from there because in that family that sports team the neighbors and so on that ripples out to more than one person so how we do raise them i mean it's the most extreme example but sometimes we have to recognize you have to go the most extreme does give clarity as hitler said give me a child to the age of what three let them go and i will have them for the rest Mm -hmm. of their lives i can call them back as adults so three that's what 150 weeks out of their whole year yeah. out of their whole life that's nothing i mean that's what if you live to be 90 that's three percent of their life yeah. and it is the most crucial um and at, when i was doing um, workshops and would talk about this to women to try to say that, to prove actually the importance of motherhood of their role because they were very torn you know the the letterhead with the paycheck it got them much more peace of mind than the diapers and the and the the crusts and the on the peanut butter sandwiches and how to navigate that because they don't have the family that says honey you're doing the most important work the families are split away from their from their extended families so on and so forth and i would say i can prove to you that by the fact that how much is your mother-in-law's invisible presence in your marriage (laughs) by how she raised her baby boy oh i get it (laughs) And then looking at tombstones, it's never CEO, ever CEO. Yeah. It's nev ne- nothing is on there. It's mom, dad, and, and likewise terms. So in our innate, deep wiring that God created us, this is how we're made. So they're trying to just remind moms of it. And so one of the things, one of the daisies out of the manure pile, all the stress for the families right now is I do see this, the parents, because you can't... The tides are rising so fast, we can't keep doing what we've been doing. We can't keep soothing, self-soothing. Starbucks can't make up for everything. That 3 o'clock Starbucks, they can't make up for everything. And so it's getting pulled thinner and thinner. And then with gas being $3 a gallon more expensive in this state, Starbucks has got to be suffering because that's a gallon of gas, right? the difference in the gallon of gas in that Frappuccino. Um, So then how do parents cope? How do we do this as God's heart and hands? And... And praying about it, what's really clear is it's the family meal, which is the one thing that's been decimated in the last 20 years, because that's where everybody's split. They eat now, they eat later, it's fast food, it's rushed through it, it's yada, yada, yada. You know, eat, get up, get the kids to bed, homework, and so on. Family dinner is what's paid the price. But that time with our kids, as you know, is that's when... We hear what they've been coping with. We have we get FaceTime with them. They get to talk to us. They get to be with their siblings. It's the time when the whole world shuts off. Do you remember that dinner hour was six o'clock? You never answered the phone during dinner hour. TV was off, and that was the time that you just had that space to do it. And I would offer that by going back to that and doing with the presence of God, that could be an anchor that will hold yeah, them through. I've, I've talked to numerous clergy and bishops and uh, i remember having an interview with cardinal dolan one Mm -hmm. time and and that's exactly what he said you know just just you know he was quoting jane lee (laughs) as my friend jane lee i didn't think much of that phone call we had but i guess it paid off (laughs) that uh the family dinner he says that's where that's where he developed you know Mm -hmm. in his family and and I know, I, I, I mean, I, and we try to do, you know, I, I say start small. If you're, if you've lived, you know, 
right every Sunday or every Monday. Pick pick that what seems to be the best day, uh-huh. especially with teenagers. I mean, and it's it. There, there's all kinds of pressures, uh-huh. uh, whether it's the school play or or sports, sports or, or or student government right. or. But or work the other pre- when they start or, or working. Work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other pressure is their teenagers. They want to. They want to be their friends. Hey, we're gonna. You know. Right. Uh, or there's a. You know. There's there's a, a, a football game mm-hmm. that they want to go to. Not that they're playing in it, but they want right. to go to it. Or they want to go to the movies with their friends. So there's there's that pressure too, and it. it you know, it's 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 real hard to for a, a teenager to go apply for a minimum wage job somewhere, and say, well, I'm I'm never available at six o'clock on a weeknight right. because we have family dinner. And they go, well, that's great, but mm-hmm. we're open during those hours, and right. and our regular employees like to work eight to five, so we're filling in those hours, mm-hmm. or we're filling those hours on Saturday and Sunday, or right, they, they get the they get the short end of the stick, they of do. course, right. for obvious reasons. But it makes it it makes it real. Anyway, as a parent, you're going, gee, he really needs that job. I mean, it, all yes. the uh, beyond the money, just the, the you know, there's responsibility and work. Yes. I mean, there just is, and and it's so good for kids to have a a job, you know, but not to the exclusion of everything else. But it's hard. And the other thing that's sacrificed is family mass together oh yes you know i I see full soccer fields when i'm coming home from mass on sunday hundreds of people at a soccer field and i'm praying okay they went to mass really earlier last night right oh and and and, you know and uh, without judging anybody Mm -mm. uh, frequently you know even the most faithful families are you know okay one of them went to mass at 7 a.m. and one of them went right. to the 5:30 p.m. and or one of them went to the vigil mass or and they all went to mass, but we didn't go as a family. And it, and I, I mean, was not a requirement that yes. you do, but it is another sustaining thing like the family meal. Yes, it's sustaining, and sustaining means not just feeding you but holding you together and and. And that's your grip. That's your um, uh, what you like an anchor into the ground. And do you remember when the sports started? They wouldn't go near Sunday, and then it was Sunday afternoon only because they knew of church. And now it's Sunday morning at seven, eight, nine a.m. And so that's what's important. And I would offer that possibly all this difficulty is a a severe mercy in a way that God is saying, "I'm going to let." You experience the difficulty of this, so you get clarity. So you come out of that chaos that's got you spinning because you got pulled out of it. Nothing was happening. And I, I was in, talking to a family, and the 10-year-old boy that had said, I don't want to go back to the way it was. I like being with my parents, mm-hmm. a young kid. And one of the families, because I'm a private math tutor, uh, a week ago, the girl's in fifth grade. She had a volleyball game. And she goes to a Catholic school. She had a school volleyball game at 7.30 at night. She's in fifth grade. Why is the school participating with that? You know, And the parents have a part to play in that, too, saying, thanks, no thanks. I'm not letting my child do that. And the only reason I have that clarity to be able to say it is I actually met a gentleman. His, his son was in high school, and unfortunately there was a divorce situation. He would not let his son play sports on the weekend when he had him because he knew he was— he did not need this. He understand all the benefits of it, but he knew that family time, as difficult as his family had gone through, the difficulties his family had gone through, that boy needed to be with his dad and not have his time split up. Yeah, well, so he the, really the, honored that. The hard that. part is, um, <laughs> I know about the gyms. Uh, my son was on the high school volleyball team. They were practicing from 8.30 to 10.30, or to 8.30 to 10 at night. Oh. Because... There's only one gym, and you've got boys volleyball, girls volleyball, boys basketball, girls basketball. What did they do in the old um, days? You've been doing sports men. for a long time. What did they do before? Well, we didn't we didn't have as many sports. We really didn't. Oh. We did not have lacrosse teams. We did not have uh, boys volleyball. Actually, boys volleyball. Right. Uh, we didn't have badminton teams. Got it. Um, there are a lot of teams. You know, everybody had a football team and a basketball team and a baseball team. Maybe. Right. And and the uh, 
the women's sports or the, the lower level, you call them girl sports, you mm-hmm. know, uh, weren't as prominent. I mean, and... and Wasn't uh, practice only a couple of days a week, too? Not no, four? Not, when I was an athlete in high school, we, we, we practiced every day. Did you? Okay. But we, you know, we practiced from generally four to six. After school, you practice right. for a couple hours. But... The, the with the expansion of the number of sports and i think it's it's i mean i've got four daughters i think it's great that they can right. yes excellent know, i mean I, very I, necessary I, I think that's that's wonderful and they got excluded my daughters didn't but a lot of my sisters did uh, they, you know they got they had very few offerings when they yes. were growing up athletically mm-hmm. and um but that has you've, you've increased the number of participants dramatically and frequently, there's still only one field. There's still only right. one gym. You know, there's still yeah. only X number of tennis courts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you've got way more competition for those facilities. And I, I know water polo is another one. You got swimming, water polo, water mm. polo. I don't think even existed when I was a kid. You know, somebody rare. invented it to make swimming fun. <laughs> you know, like, swimming That's is kind true. of boring. Let's let's put a ball in the water. <laughs> You know, have it some fixes fun anything. here. Yeah. Ball fixes things. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, but but the, the the you know there's only one pool. You mm-hmm. know, and well the swim team needs it, the diving team needs it, the water polo, they have boys water polo, they have girls water polo. You know, there's somebody's going to be practicing at night. They used to have it where the uh, the younger kids played right after school, and they got older throughout the afternoon, but through the evening. But you're talking about your high school son, son playing till ten thirty at night. That's pretty late by any standards. Yeah, it is. Um, and so that is part of it. Is we're trying to sort all this out, so families have to sort this out. And there's a lot demanded of us. And God holds the family and holds the bigger picture to know what's necessary. And and the dad I was talking about through divorce, he knew his son was not going to go into the NBA. He, he, he supported it financially. If he was with him during the week, took him to practice. But that time on the weekend was his time to to help him learn to be a man. He took him horseback riding. He, he took him fishing and things like that and spent that time with him that he knew he just was missing out on day to day and regretted it very much and was trying to give him what, what God yeah. was calling him to in a very difficult situation. But I never forgot that. It was an interesting perspective. I, he understood truly the piece of it in the long-term growth of his son yeah. and the compromise that was that was being made. So as families move through this, as parents are called to navigate the rising tide, if you will, of anxiety. And when you mentioned somebody's tried to write the parenting books, the Bible is it. Yes, for right. all situations, there's always something. And it's just amazing how God did that for us. But, you know, when you, you just flip it's open. It's right in there. It is. It, there always seems to be something And there that are all fits. kinds of family stories in the Bible, too. Like, yes. And, and how things got handled, you know. And the difficult ones. And, and, exactly. Well, and, yeah, it was, it, it, <laughs> they're rarely just the easy ones. No, <laughs> that's true. That's true. It kind of is. I mean, whoever thought of the prodigal son actually having a lot of parenting advice? We have a book of the Bible called the Book of Happiness. Just you know, yeah, the, the book whole of book happiness. is about happiness. But yeah, it's like you know, we have you know, we have all these different books of the Bible. How about the Book of Happiness? And I like that. It's just happy stories. Happy stories. Families going on picnics. Yes. And there was no conflict. Nobody cared what was served. Everybody won at the softball game. Okay, good. <laughs> you know? Keep going. I think you yeah. might be onto something. Yeah. yeah. Look of happiness. <laughs> Look happiness. That's true. That's true. But ultimately, the whole Bible is the book of happiness. It is. I mean, it's 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 the guidebook to go into heaven, which it is is going to be happiness. Right. And the and the and the sub the prequel if you will to going to heaven is how you live your life and the choices you make and and i see that that parents are really pulled multiple directions because there's good reason for you to be doing all these things with your kids because and it rolls into a a, how it's going to look on their resume on their college application for high school they need to do all these things and and it's from sports it's from clubs it's ap classes sophomores now can take ap classes where it only used to be juniors and seniors and kids that are taking three and four and five AP classes, and they're running on the amount of sleep that med students run on. And these are high school students. And so being up in front and center to it by being in people's homes and seeing the, the, the race these kids are on, um, I'm not sure that it's really paying off from looking at the, 
the where's the God piece for them? Where's that faith piece? Where's the the trusting piece? Well, you know, it, the, the the thing though that you know it's it's we're we're made for the times that mm-hmm. we're in. God knew you were going to be on the earth now, not in the 1700s when family dinners weren't an issue. True. The, the only issue was whether or not there was going to be food on the table during Good the point. family dinner. Right. You know, and so we, you know. It's 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 challenging, for sure, but it's where the parents lead, you know. And it's not so much in, in my mind um, denying your kids things, denying your kids these opportunities, but just making sure that God's in their life. Yes. That that values, you know, are in their life. Mm-hmm. The values we've been trying to teach them since they were kids. Um, that that and the most important thing is how you treat one another love one mm-hmm. another is as i i i love as i have loved, loved you, you, you know? yes and love your neighbor um, love, love your neighbor as yourself you know um if when you're participating in all those sports why are you participating in all those sports um are are you are you particip- are you exercising sportsmanship are you right that's treating a good point your, your opponent with with dignity or are you mm-hmm sitting in the stands booing when they run on the field you mm-hmm. know i mean that that is is one of the things as a, as a, a sports writer and and somebody mm-hmm. who's been very involved in sports all my life um that is really frustrating to me um is to whether it's at the high school level or the college level or the pro level the home team runs on the field and everybody cheers that's wonderful right. that's great stuff and yeah it's a tough place to play because the fans are so crazy great. right right everybody's having a good time but then the opposing team runs on the field and chorus of boos oh you know, i mean that's poor go form. to any football game and it's just the, it's just the way it is it's just the way it is like that's the enemy they're the bad oh. guys we're going to try to beat them we don't want them to feel welcome here oh and it's just the way it is mm. and it's uh you know it's it's disrespectful it's not what sports should be about Mm-mm. i mean i know there's a scoreboard and nobody wants his team to win more than i do right <laughs> right but um it's those those things are just wrong you know and uh it, it seems to me it, it it's it's hard to control i mean we have free speech in this country people do what they want right to, you but know. i think perspective helps i think thinking about it your your sons will next talking about a football game your sons will be on their home field later on in the season and they will have that experience oh yeah and well and they did it to us so we're going to do it to them that is his right. become the i understand but yeah. someone's got to break the chain yeah can you be the one that stands up and says welcome it will be a fair competition yeah. may the best man win yeah and it's more the the athletes don't display it as much as the crowd does yes i know it's the crowd are, i've seen athletes it. are very good about after the game all yes embracing and 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 it, it always brings tears to my eyes when frequently i've seen i i think at the high school level they're a little bit skittish about doing this but where the players gather at midfield and, and get down on a knee both teams wow both teams. not everybody it's right. voluntary you yes. know and and i really like that at the end of the game it may have been heated it may have been close it may have been heartbreaking or uh-huh. jubilant um uh they all gather at midfield and get down on a knee I, I, re- I really like that when I see and, that. And isn't that a, a, a almost like a sweeter victory when it has been a heated battle, when it has yep. been so close, yep. because it was an equal opponent that you rose above. But when you try to psychologically break them down by booing them, walking in, and you're doing it because you really think it has an impact, what kind of a, a, a champion are you? You're only going to compete against that which you can push to make lower no if you're a real champion you want them to be at their best because then you know you have (laughs) really won something that's credible other than that it's like it's like the bully that picks on the little kid why because they he knows he can win woohoo where's the where's the success in that so it's the same reason 
cheating you in in athletics or in anything. You're only cheating yourself. True. That's not, you, and you know it. If, if there's if there's, not, if there's truly the thrill of victory, you cheated yourself out of a victory because, well, I cheated. You know, I, you know. Right, right. Because a real champion, one that really stands up. You know, the David and Goliath. The, he went up against something that was much, much bigger. So there's more to that story. However, he met the opponent. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't try to debilitate him. He met him and there, there was a pure sweet lifelong victory that you take away for the rest of your life and another place i would offer that parents have been distracted to not call it and and to not call the, the other people that are doing it but to stop themselves and go wait how would it feel to me i really have to think for a moment and that's part of it too is can you just stop and think what it's like for that child they're minors they're not in the military this is not psychological war games where this is life and death, where you need to make them think that you're bigger and better than they are. No, this is an equal competition that everyone signed on for. Can you help you, these kids learn to be an equal competitor? And, and it doesn't, doesn't mean you have to step on the other person. As parents, can we do that? And I think we're called to, because ultimately at the end, we, when we face God, we're only ourselves. We don't have a, a I will a say team. that from Little League through high school sports and other kinds of competitions, choir, those mm -hmm. kinds of things, that my kids have been blessed to have coaches that were good people. That's, that, that means a that lot. Really wanted to be sure that every kid got to play. That's uh, whether, great. Whether your son was striking out every time he was at bat. Or, and kids will always talk about those kinds of coaches, yeah, won't that they, they? That they really, that there was really a, a, an ethic there in in. And I, you know, and, and I know because you you hear it all the time. Oh, the, mm -hmm. the parents are trying to live through their kids, and, right. and and the coach wants to win so bad. They're doing just we did not experience, and I didn't experience it growing up. You know, I had coaches who, yeah, they wanted to win, yeah, mm -hmm. but that really respected the game, respected the opponents, and um, I've I've seen a lot of positive in youth sports. Mm -hmm. You know, and. And, and other youth activities, student government, um, mm -hmm. uh, choirs, uh, I, the marching band, those kinds of mm -hmm. things where they're giving kids opportunities to to participate, to feel like one of the group. Those to, are those are individuals belonging. that that know that they impact that children's life. Yeah. And that's a part of parenting we don't doesn't get much attention, that we actually are part of the village of other children that we model for them what the adults um what adult also what a, we back up their parents by being the kind of coaches and teachers and so on that you're talking about and so i would offer that we also need to bring light to that as parents we need to realize we're helping those kids grow up how is the rest of the world going to be because their parents are trying to raise them a certain way with morals and virtues to, and character how are the adults closest around them? How are their coaches? How are their teachers? And we're called on to be that. And I think if parents were reminded of that, those that are in the stands that are booing might think twice because I know some young adults that have looked around and can clearly articulate those adults that did not uphold what it meant to be an adult. And now that they're young adults, they're very clear about it. And so with that, we have to understand that parenting is God's heart and hands, whether they're your children or they're someone else's children. Yeah, you both. are that link for God to those children. Indeed. We are all role models. Yes, Jane, we are. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. God.